Welcome, welcome to another episode of the Chronicles of Mister. I am Mister Pierre, and I am joined by a wonderful uh, teacher, dancer, soon to be doctor, uh, the one and only <laughs> Jay Williams. Thank you for coming to the pod, Jay. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to have you here. Um, we have the pleasure of working at the same school, a dance school. Um, it's my first time working at a school where dance is so integral to uh, the curriculum with kiddos. Um, but let me just start off what I, I usually start off by asking guests is it's like, how did you get into education? Yes, so I went to undergrad. I was a dance major uh, in my undergrad and they had this visual and performing arts education minor. And I was like, oh, that sounds cool. So, so I just like, I took classes for the minor and then um, some of the classes um, had us like go into schools and teach dance uh, you know, for like an hour and like get our skills, like, you know, to create lesson plans and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, like, I like this, you know, this is something, something to have to fall back on. Like if I don't become a professional dancer or go on tour with Beyonce, that was like my dream. <laughs> like if I don't go on tour, okay, I'll be a teacher. Um, and okay. then I graduated <laughs> and then I started working for a nonprofit called Agency Arts. And we were teaching arts to formerly incarcerated youth in South LA, youth in South LA. And then, um, you know, kids who were in foster care and things like that. So I was teaching dance and I just felt like I wasn't a good enough dance teacher. Like I was like, I need more skills to be like a great teacher. Um, so I applied to NYU and I got into the dance education master's program. And I also got into the dance MFA program. So I was like becoming a choreographer and learning how to do that as well as becoming a dance teacher. And that kind of just happened. You know, I wanted to serve like my community better. I felt like I didn't have enough skills or like, you know, things like that. And I wanted to learn more about being a teacher. So that's that's why I'm here. <laughs> that's how I came to be. Awesome, yeah. awesome. Um, and this is what year of teaching for you? Year three. Year three, okay. Mm -hmm. Now, I have to ask this too, because you started during pandemic so you had a couple months before everything sort of locked down and shut off mm -hmm. um what has that been like for you teaching in the pandemic yeah um well i actually was started teaching in new york um and it was online as virtual and i had because of the pandemic i moved back to california yeah. but i was still teaching in new york <laughs> okay. so like the time difference you know i would get up at 4 30 in the morning and teach at 5 a.m you know until like mm. 2 had a whole day and before people really got up and you know <laughs> did anything in that way. um so it was kind of challenging you know and that was also like unclear of like i was paying for rent in new york but living in california and i was like Ooh. staying with my mom and i'm like i'm too grown <laughs> you know what I mean? but also you know no one knew what was happening and new york was the epicenter so it was like i don't even know when i can go back to new york you know, I don't even know when. So I was just like stuck in California teaching online with my mom as a grown adult. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm sure of the world, like what's happening. I'm like, what do I do with my life? You know, yeah. so it was really challenging. And then like halfway through the year, New York opened back up, like the school system, like in person. So I had to mm. fly back to New York within a week because they just emailed, okay, school's opening on Monday. <laughs> so I bought a ticket, flew back to New York was teaching in person, but it was like all these COVID protocols. Like we couldn't touch each other and dance. We can only have like five kids in a studio. And it was just so much. And then just readjusting back to New York life um, after living with my mom for months. It was just, it was really hard. 
Um, but, you know, I made it through. And I ultimately decided to move back to California because, you know, New York wasn't as fun anymore <laughs> for me personally mm. because of COVID. So I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to just move back to California. And Liz, the dance director, reached out from Gabriella. And she was like, we have a position. Like, you know, would you love to work full time here? And I was like, oh, this is perfect. You know, I used to sub there. And when I was an undergrad, so like the minor courses, I used to go to Gabriella and like teach dance there. Oh, awesome. Awesome. So that's so it. So there was there was a bit of a history with yeah. Gabriella or full time. Awesome. So you have you so you know what Gabriella was like pre COVID. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Because I only know of it, it um afterwards. And so like as we were saying before recording, like the year so COVID happens, everything locks down, there's a year online, we come back. And it's this funky, I don't know if it, what it was like for you, but for me, it was this funkiness of one year ago or before, like just like double Dutch wanting to jump in, right. but then like getting hit with the rope. And so you step back again, like, oh, let me, let me try. And then never, it never felt as if like we were in the groove the yeah. way that it was in the before times. So was, would you agree? Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I just no, want that to be like so like present with the kids and like everything's gonna be okay and like welcome to school and it's like in reality it's like I don't even know if we'll be here tomorrow <laughs> like you know because it was shutting my, in New York the school was shutting down every other week one week yeah. of school shut down for a week one week of school so it was like oh did I even make the right decision moving coming back to New York teaching mm -hmm. when I was like at home half the time right but yeah it was very like double dutch mm -hmm. yeah and so. I think uh, it, it's different for a classroom teacher um, versus a dance teacher. Mm -hmm. I only get the glimpses of like the warm up, but I'll still I'll like do the, the <laughs> yeah. stretches with the kids. Um, like, what is your typical day with the the kiddos like? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so like we enter the dance space, like we greet them at the door. Um, we start with the warm up. So as they like start remembering the warm up, they can like lead it on their own. And we kind of like, you know, take attendance and like do things while they're doing the warm up by themselves. And then we'll just come together and talk about like what we're learning today. It's like a mini lesson. Um, so we'll teach them like, okay, today we're learning uh, the running men, you know? So we'll do like how to do the running men. We do it like half the class, half the class or line by line. We do it with partners, you know, things like that. And then it's like, okay, go ahead and then practice on your own. And then we'll come back together and show. And sometimes it's more like, okay, we'll put the running men mix with a different dance move we learned the week before. So they'll build on what they learned and then create like a whole dance. Like a, they can create a warm up or like a whole dance after that. So we just teach them like little moves, like mini lessons every day that builds up to like one big unit. And if you have kiddos who are like, miss, I've got two left feet. I can't, I can't do the running man. I can barely do the walking man. Like how are you able to connect with those kiddos to encourage them, motivate them so that they're just like, I'm just going to chill here in the corner. Yeah. So usually like I'll, I'll notice like kids who aren't like participating. So at the, the time that we give them to work on their own, I'll actually go over and like, you know, maybe just bring other people, maybe someone who is really good at the running man and one person who isn't bring them together and then we'll work on it together. And we'll go through the steps, kind of just like reteach that person. 
And if they still don't feel comfortable, they can be the DJ for the day, you know? So I give them like, okay, well, you want to be the DJ? You want to play the press start when I say start? And if they feel more comfortable, like with the music, I let them just do that for the day um, and then try again the next day. Cool, 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 cool. Is there, is there anything that you've found? Because um, having lived on the East Coast as well, mm-hmm. East Coast and West Coast are different. We, we just have to acknowledge that. Very. <laughs> kiddos are kiddos, but it, it's it's a different vibe. Um, if there's some, is there anything that you have seen in the time that you've been a teacher, whether it be from undergrad time, the before COVID time, that you're mm-hmm. like, I wish I knew this sooner, because it just helps me out so much as a as a teacher. Um, I wish I knew this sooner. So I think the biggest thing is like lesson planning. I felt like I think. On the train in New York, I'll just like be on the train, like, okay, this is what I'm doing today. Okay, great, I got it in my mind. And I'll go to work and I'm like, oh shoot, I didn't like, I didn't really plan this out because I was planning in my mind. So I think, you know, I've learned lesson planning like in college and stuff, but like they don't, I don't think they stress enough how important it is to like lesson plan and scaffold things and like think about transitions and like how just how important it is to have the agenda on the board because the kid will ask you every five seconds, what are we doing next? What are we doing next? What are we doing? It's like, oh, so, you know, just little things like lesson plan, very detailed, you know, like everything needs to be written down. So, you know, and I keep it on my computer screen. I print it out. It's like, I'm always looking at it because I always forget <laughs> like what I'm doing next. I think the biggest thing is like lesson plan, every detail. Cool. So for those first year teachers or new teachers who are listening, lesson planning is super important. However, that works for you, whether you're analog and you need that you know, physical, or if you're digital and you have it on your computer, but don't try to wing it. Like, oh, I know what I'm going to do. Don't try to wing it. Uh-uh. Because kids will always throw a, a wrench in that and it'll, it'll, it'll get jacked up real, real quick. All right. All right. I, I would, I would highly agree that having those plans are super, super important because things happen, whether it be technology where you have issues with that, or if it'd be like, oh, I'll just copy it in the morning. Nah, kid, nope. that copy machine is going to get jammed as soon as you need it. <laughs> yeah. I lost my train but, oh, I lost it. I forgot. It was one more thing, but it's okay. It'll come back. It usually does. <laughs> um, is there a particular type of dance that you gravitate more towards? Yes, West African. West African. Yes. And for a person who may not be familiar what what um, does that encompass or what is falls under the umbrella of West African dance? Yeah, uh, I would say just like the type of movements are like, um, it's like a lot of footwork. It's a lot of loose, like your arm swings, uh, chest work, like out and in. And just like, it's very like freeing and loose, but also like you're listening to the drum. Like there's rhythm involved, there's community involved, like, you know, com- like dancing in a circle or just like sometimes you don't, they don't even teach you the step, like how we break it down in ballet. They're like, okay, follow me. And you're like, all right, cool. You know, we're just vibing, we're grooving, listening to the music. Um, so that's kind of how I visualize West African. Okay, awesome. Um, it, and what would be your next two after West African? West African's at the, the um, apex at the top. Yeah, I would say modern. Modern mm-hmm. dance is like more grounding. Uh, West African is too, but it's also like, you're kind of like digging deep, like, oh, this contraction is like helping the next movement. You know, it's like the floor is helping me lift up. So it's like kind of more grounding and just like thinking about the smaller things that you probably don't think about in your body to help you move. 
Awesome. And then number three? Uh, if number there is a number three. I would say ballet because uh, I have a lot of, you know, opinions about ballet being like the required dance style at every university, you know, the required dance style for you to get an MFA and get a master to teach. You have to have that. And I don't agree with that because everyone's body isn't a ballet, ballerina's body. And mm. but I would just say ballet because you are taught like discipline and like it kind of snatched my body up when I was doing it like five days a week. <laughs> so I got snatched. <laughs> um, so probably just that one. But, you know, I have a lot of opinions about ballet. If you want to talk about it, let's talk about it. Because there are several things in education that seem to be sort of like this standard. Mm-hmm. However, it was who established that standard that makes it questionable, if you will. Um, and I think about the kiddos that we serve and it's like, yeah, I don't, I, I don't, I'm not a dancer, so I can't speak to dance. I can't speak to dance. However, having taught now, this will be year 15. Um, there are quite a number. Yeah. There are quite a number of things that I see, um, that are, are beginning to change. Um, one of them being those standardized tests that it's like, why? The other thing too is just college. Like not everyone wants to go to college. I recall growing up and there being vocational schools of like, I want to be a beautician. Why do I need to know X, Y, or Z? Or I want to be a mechanic. Why do I need? And I think as a teacher, being able to know and to articulate to a kid, oh, hey, the reason why you'll need math, maybe you're not going to need trigonometry. However, there is, if you're going to run a business, you got to know some financial literacy. You got to know how to crunch these numbers. You got to know, you know, how to balance your books. So that's important. And being able to articulate that to a student, to a kiddo, so that they know like, oh, this is why it's relevant to me, as opposed to me who I was a blurred, I was into science. I'm like, oh, I'm going to be in front of a microscope. Okay, this is why I need to know this. Great. We're both being taught same things, but how deep or how far I'm going to go with it, that's going to be on me. But um, just saying, oh, you need this or you, or everyone's going to go to a university, for me, just doesn't make, it's, it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, it doesn't make sense to me either. And just the fact that to get an MFA, you have to have the MFA to teach dance in universities. And all of the program MFA programs for dance require you to do a ballet uh, audition and then you'll get cut. And then it's contemporary and then you get cut and then it's interviews and get to know yous and then you're solo. So it's like, mm-hmm. what about if I was trained in tap or West African or modern or hip hop? There's no way I can get into an MFA for dance to teach in colleges. You know, and there are some people who like, uh, there might be a lot of different MFAs, but the ones that I know of, like, I don't know. Um, so that I, I think that's really problematic because if I, you mm-hmm. know, if I wanted to go to NYU and do my dual masters and I wasn't a ballet dancer, I wouldn't be able to get the MFA from NYU. You know, it's just like, that sucks that you don't offer all styles of dance um, for that requirement. So seems a bit seems a bit gatekeeping in that wanting to keep certain folks in who have Mm -hmm. access to certain things and um, either intentionally or unintentionally keep other folks out. Yeah. Yeah. What is, because right now this is that time of year where there's a lot of things swirling, but what is bringing you joy? Whether it be in this moment, this week, this period in your life, what's putting a smile on (laughs) Dr. Williams' face? Um, I think just like 
doing yoga. I do yoga all the time. And just mm. like really just like self-care. It's like, okay, this is work. But then when I'm off work, this is what's going to make me happy. So it's like eating healthier or like working out or just hanging with friends or watching my favorite shows. Like I'm really into that right now. It's like, I want to do what I want to do. <laughs> the work is going to stay at work at three o'clock. I'm not answering a text or email from work. So I've been, you know, doing that. And my friend, my coworkers are like, yeah, when Jai is off, she's off. I'm like, yeah, don't call me or text me on the weekend because I need to like fulfill like what I need for myself. And I think that's what's making me happy. Excellent. Excellent. Mm-hmm. All right. I'd love to ask guests too, is there, are there any books that you've read or you're reading that you would highly recommend? I have a lot of books that I have not read <laughs> that I want to read. So I like, I just buy books and I'm like, I'm going to get to it. I'm going to get to it. Yeah. Um, but one book that I really strongly want to read is uh, Between the World and Me. Mm. And another one, All About Love. Those are my top two that I'm like, I have to read this soon, you know? So I want to read those. Yeah. Tanahasi Coates. Yeah. Awesome, awesome book. Cool. If the, if I know that being a dancer, there's got to be music. So is there a playlist or your top five at least songs at the moment that's bringing you life? Yes, yeah, top five. So Beyonce. I'm sorry. Um, Beyonce's, you know, album. Say less. Say less. Church, Girl. Church Girl is like my top one right now. <laughs> um, let's see. Let me look at my playlist. Oh, uh, Burner Boy, Last Last. That's like yes. my favorite song. Um, I'll say Brent Fias. Uh, he has a song called Price of Fame that I really like. Uh, I think that's four. And then Kendrick. I love Kendrick. So, oh, I can't think of a song, but. And that's fine. If you if we're going straight off of albums, yeah. that's okay. Kendrick's so, new album. So Kendrick's new one, Beyonce. Burner Boy, Last Last is a great song. He he did another song with um Ed Sheeran that was pretty good too. And then there was a who was the, what was the other one that you mentioned? Uh, oh my gosh, I'm clicking. Oh, I said Brent Kendrick Beyonce. Okay. Oh my I think gosh, it was a Brent one. Okay, Brent. Yeah. yeah, awesome. Yeah. So I want to say thank you, and the reason why I want to say thank you is because. When I see other women of color on campus, I gotta tip my hat off to you. Um, and particularly too, as a middle school teacher, I know my lane is middle school. I can go down to elementary and I can visit with the kinder babies and that's fine. I also know I could go up to high school and I could do a day or two, maybe even a week, but I know my lane is middle school 100%. People say it's too volatile, the kids, all over the place, but I love it. I would have, I know that's, that's my, my sauce, my jam for teachers like yourself, who you see all the kiddos, the whole, the whole school, <laughs> the whole school. I, I, I gotta give you your props, your flowers, all of the kudos because my, oh my, oh my, that is not, that is not easy. And to go, like in for for you too, you could have one period where you're with the kinder babies and then the next period you're like with eighth grade and then the next period you're with. So how are you able to <laughs> regulate when it comes to that sort of thing? That was the most stressful thing last year. It's like, okay, kinder requires like, oh my 
my gosh, like, let's do this. Okay, big, okay. Like, you're just talking to them different. And then eighth grade is like, all right, come to your spots. Like, you know, it's like a different person. (laughs) And then it's like, okay, then first grade. So right after, and then third grade. So it's just like, I feel kind of like bipolar sometimes, (laughs) like with my emotions. (laughs) Because I'm just like, so nice and sweet. And it's so tough. And it's so chill, like for third grade or something. So it's just like, it's like a, a range of emotions, but I think I struggled with that last year. Um, but this mm. year, it's like, I'm just trying to stay like one person. Like, you know, like I want to be like create a routine where it's like, I'm this person all the time. And it's like, I don't want to like overly do something for one grade and then the opposite of overly do something for another grade, you know? I just want to yeah. be like, okay, this is what it is. And I, I think I just want to like not show it, show my like frustration so much with the kids. Mm. I remember one time last year in first grade, I like yelled at the kids. I'm sorry. <laughs> and mm. one kid was like, Miss, like, you're yelling at us. Like, that hurt my feelings. And I, was, and I went home, like, I felt so terrible. And I was like, Oh, I need to stop, like, you know, yelling. And I'm, to me, it's like raising my voice, but they're like, You're yelling at us. And it's like, it makes me feel this way. So I'm like, Okay, well, let me not yell. I'm just going to be like, you know, ask questions or just stay calm. So I want to be like more neutral with all the classes and not show my frustration as much, but it is very hard (laughs) to teach all classes in one day in one day. And and I think that's to, to any teachers who are listening to, I'm just recognizing the real, like that happens to all of us where that emotion comes out. um, And then you, you look back and like, okay, how can I do better? Yeah. Next, how can I do better tomorrow? How can I do better next week? Mm-hmm. And I think if you're a reflective teacher, which I see that you are, um, yeah, you're going to have those moments of like, how can I do better? And whether that be with the delivery, whether that be with the lesson, mm-hmm. and no matter how great you think you are, them kiddos will let you know. Uh, yeah. nah. <laughs> nah. And then whatever happened or whatever worked with one cohort of kiddos doesn't mean it's going to always translate to the next. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Miss Williams, <clears throat> thank you very much for taking this time to, to, to talk and to share just a, a number of gems. Anyone who's listening, they were there. Uh, if you were listening, like I hear, I heard one of like lesson plans, make sure that you're, you're planning out your lessons. Don't try to wing it no matter how much experience that you have. Um, and then two, these kiddos, our kiddos, all kiddos will let you know We'll let you know. <laughs> so this has been another episode of the, the Chronicles of Mr. I'm Mr. Pierre. She's Miss Williams. And this has been a great episode. And we're out. Thank you. Thank you.